You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast with Brian Weber. It's a talk show. We talk. And former Pro Bowl Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart. Hey, get your popcorn ready. NFL No Huddle airs live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern on the NFL on TuneIn, your everything audio app. Hello and welcome to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. I'm Brian Weber alongside Cordell Stewart. On today's podcast, we're going to take you across the NFL with Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety. Let's kick off the podcast today with former NFL tight end Anthony Becht. Anthony, we appreciate you taking the time. We know that Kirk Cousins has broken the bank, mega bucks fully guaranteed, but from a football perspective only, how much of an upgrade do you think Cousins is over Case Keenum, who had a magnificent season last year in Minnesota? Hey, yeah, what's up, guys? It's interesting. I mean, listen, the market always dictates, you know, what these quarterbacks can make and what they actually can get. Uh, you know, I don't know when you put apples and apples together. I mean, I, I didn't think that Case Keenum was a detriment uh, for what the Vikings had done last season. I think more than less he had helped them get to the, where they were at that point. Now, is Kirk Cousins going to give you that much more output to get you over the hump uh, from last season? I mean, I, you know, to me it's kind of a bust-to-break sign uh, when you're talking about bringing him in and, and what he brings to the table. So, uh, you know, there's just that trend. It seems to be that these, these GMs and these teams value these quarterbacks, but when a team obviously doesn't value in the Redskins and they bring another guy in because of what they felt he deserved or didn't deserve and where they think they're going to be now, and now the Vikings doing the same thing but reversing that and not really embracing what Case Keenum did. I, I always find it interesting how we don't embrace maybe the undersized, the guy that doesn't have the name, the cliche quarterback, but Case Keenum, I think, did some great things in, in Minnesota. So tall task for Kirk Cousins, in my opinion. Oh, an extremely tall task, especially when all of the money is guaranteed after the guy who they didn't want t- took them to an NFC championship game. That means Super Bowl a bust in my mind. But Case Keenum, he's going off to Denver. They just given him a two-year, $36 million deal, 25 of it guaranteed. Would you say basically that that's what – I was thinking about he should have gotten it for as a franchise tag is concerned, but do you see a team like yeah. Denver just giving him an opportunity to come in and take over the, the helms and, and just basically just beat a man because there's nothing else there unless they grab someone at the, as, what, the fifth pick overall in this draft? And are those guys going to be ready to go to a court? I mean, we've seen the process for some of these quarterbacks. I mean, if you're not surefire, like maybe the, the Carson Wentz's and the, and the, and the uh, Jameis Winston's and Mariota's, I don't know if we feel that way about any of these guys coming in I I think yeah I mean look Case Keenum has done enough he should have confidence I, I believe he's still a, he's still playing with a chip on his shoulder even though he's getting 25 million guaranteed so you know he's a guy that's going to go in there and still has to prove doubters wrong but you know congratulations for him for getting paid and I think he's going to work just as hard as he did uh you know when he was uh, trying to fight for that big contract so I think you know it's a tremendous upgrade for the Broncos you look at the quarterback situation it's been terrible and it's held them back and they need a, a little more uh, some more pieces in my opinion outside of just a quarterback I don't know if they're the most ready team like maybe a lot of folks have talked about their defense is good but not the same as they was a few years ago so uh you know I think you know Case Keenum gives them an opportunity at least for now where a guy can come in feel confident about what he's doing I think that you know he plays with that chip on his shoulder he's going to have some success there as well Anthony Beck is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Anthony, you know the college game, well-calling games for ESPN. We're all guessing, but I appreciate your educated view. What do you think the Browns are going to do with the number one overall pick? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You know, you know, picking up Tyrod Taylor, obviously, to play the quarterback position, you know, 
you just look at his skill set and you think, okay, if they were to take a quarterback at one, you know, is it a similar skill set guy? Is it a guy that can do the things maybe he can do? Because you're talking about now two different types of, you know, schematics that you're putting together for a quarterback. If you pick one of these prototypical guys that are potentially coming out of the draft, uh, you know, I sense the fact that they could strongly be looking at, you know, at the running back position. You know, it's not just to me you're getting a running back with Saquon Barkley. I think you're getting a lot more what he brings to the table. I know we always talk about running backs or a dime a dozen. You can get one later. But I think there are some categories where we talk about unique skill sets. I think a lot of people are throwing around generational back for Leonard Fournette, even though he didn't have every skill set to be a dominant back in those features that you want to have. Uh, to me, I just think Saquon Barkley, I, was, I called his first start when he played against Buffalo, Penn State, in a, in a MAC game, and he was jumping over guys, really setting himself on the scene, and I just you could see this guy is special, and what he's done in his career, he brings so much more to the table than just actually handing the ball off to him. So I, I think he's a legitimate pick for them, especially when you have another one a couple spots underneath. Give me your take on the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, you have two quarterbacks Mike Glennon, as well as Sam Bradford with one-year deals. Give me your take moving forward with this football team. What do you think they may do with that pick they have in the first round? You know, it's interesting. Desperation right now. I mean, they're trying to lock something up. Obviously, Bradford with an injury, coming off a knee injury again. Uh, you know, what will he bring to the table? You know, Mike Glennon uh, gets, it, gets that big deal, goes another way. Uh, you know, to me, I think you need some weapons. I think you need some players around your quarterback situation. When you bring veterans in that have done some things in the league, you know, I think Mike Glennon was behind the eight ball when he, when they brought him in the, with the Chicago. I like Mike Glennon's skills, but he had nothing around him. His receivers got injured. He had no uh, offensive skill players around to get the ball to. So to me, I just felt like he was behind the eight ball before he even got there. So, uh, again, if you can feed those weapons, get some of those skill set guys, you know, get some of those guys that can do multiple things on the football field, and then also you got to protect the quarterback. So we, and to me, this is not a very strong offensive line uh, draft, but there are some guys at the top that, that fill those, those, those needs, the skill sets of protecting a quarterback. So uh, skill, skill position and, and offensive linemen, to me, uh, would make sense uh, for, for the Cardinals coming into this draft with that pick. Taking you around the league with Anthony Beck, the former NFL tight end. Anthony, given the amount of time you have devoted to college football in recent years, what's your assessment of this quarterback class? They all have flaws, and that's the case every year. Which of them yep. do you believe in the most? Have you got to slot these guys? Sam Darnold, number one on your list? You know what? He is. I, you know, I was very fortunate to call a game live for all these quarterbacks, so I got to watch other games for them and and really see what they're all about. And you're right, they all have their pluses and minuses. I think for me, Darnold, Rosen, and uh, Josh Allen all have the ability to fit in multiple systems in the NFL, whereas some of the other quarterbacks are a little limited. Uh, you know, you look at a guy like uh, you know, Lamar Jackson. I just don't know if I'm going to bring him in, draft him high, and say, okay, plug him in, he can fit the system. I think you have to be unique. You have to be able to develop and build something around a guy like him and honestly, to me, I, I wouldn't pigeonhole myself to just saying, okay, he's just a quarterback. You know, people were knocking, saying to be a running back or be a receiver and do this. I think the more you can do, the more you can help the team, the more versatile his weapons can be to hurt teams in the NFL because he's got a unique skill set. Uh, you know, Josh Allen out of Wyoming, I think he's got the most upside. He's got a tremendous arm. You know, he lost 95% of his weapons after his, this past season going into his junior year. 
Uh, I thought maybe he probably should have came out the year before, but decided to stay back. So he does have those flaws. The consistency, uh, the, the completion percentages are all question marks. But when you talk about systems, and Cordell knows, you know, when quarterbacks can come into the league and they know some of the terminologies, they know some of the things that are going on, you know, that West Coast system, the same system that Carson Wentz played in at North Dakota State, Craig Ball brought to Wyoming, is something that he's going to be able to familiarize himself with with a lot of the offenses in the NFL. The one, obviously, the question mark a lot of people are up and down with is, is Baker Mayfield. To me, the one thing I worry about Baker Mayfield, I know he's got the stats, I know he's got the completion percentage, he's very accurate, but his system at Oklahoma was very limited on what they asked the quarterback to do. They didn't have many protections. He didn't have to call many of them at all. Uh, they were offensive line dictated. And then also his, his progressions and what he was asked to do from a coverage standpoint. You know, understanding the defensive sets, making those calls, being able to do all those things, it's not just a one-two read like Oklahoma. He's going to have to understand route concepts, understand how those things work and break down, and also be able to translate all that information and bring it to the field on Sundays. So how many opportunities, how many teams want to take those chances? And again, he's a guy that's got a lot to prove, a chip on his shoulder, but I'm just solely look at the, the, what the big, uh, big, ten, big, excuse me, big 12 guys, quarterbacks, have come in. They, they've struggled. To, to really take that next step. You look at Bryce Petty. It, I think it's a very good comparison. Here's a kid that put up similar type numbers in, in college, but when he got to the NFL, it was just a whole different ball game. He was clueless on what he was actually seeing from the defenses in the NFL, and it challenged him. And now his third year, it's, it's still taking him time. He's improved, but again, it was a huge jump and leap for him. So I think that'll be very similar for Baker Mayfield. And if you're drafting him high, are you just going to throw him out there? So I just think that's a, that's a huge question mark for GMs and some of those scouting departments that have to look at outside of just the, the completion percentage, the moxie, and the things, uh, some of the intangible things he brings to the table. How do you see the Cleveland Browns handle their, their first and fourth pick with Tyrod Taylor, Jarvis Landry, as well as Carlos Hyde being there? Do you think they still target a quarterback at the number one spot considering they do have a quarterback that's not a turnover machine and you have a back right in the backfield that's been injured a couple of times over the past few years. Man, I'll tell you, you know, Cordell, if you can think about Tyrod Taylor and Saquon Barkley in the same backfield, that really does open up a large amount of things that you can do offensively that really restrict NFL defenses and what they can do from a personnel standpoint because, you know, the, 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 the movability, the, 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 the possibilities of, you know, the legs that, that Tyrod Taylor brings. Plus, he, he's a decent passer. You're right. He's not a guy that's going to go out there and throw for 300, but he's not going to turn the ball over much. So, again, getting weapons around him, and they've done that with some of the receivers, obviously with Landry coming in and, 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 and that sort. So, you know, I would say, you know, take, take the best skilled position player you think is out there. I think it's Saquon Barkley. F4, you could still bring a quarterback in. But I would say maybe you would even still maybe think, okay, maybe we could – uh, trade this pick. There's going to be some interest, obviously, how it shakes out uh, at the top of the draft. Some teams get interested. Maybe you can get some more picks, come down a little lower, and really increase the value of some of the picks that you're getting because of the fact that you know this draft might not be first-round heavy, but there are a lot of good players in that mix that you know if you did your homework and you do those things, you can gain an extra uh, piece or piece of talent uh, in this draft. So, you know, I that, that's a possibility, I think, at four for them to trade. But, you know, a quarterback, I think, w- wouldn't be terrible to take at that position. But you've got to improve yourself with the positions and players you have now. Because if you, take a, if you take Barkley at one and you take a quarterback at four, then that quarterback's probably not going to start. So do you want value right now on your football team 
so they can contribute on the field now. And I think with the moves they made in free agency and some of the trades, they look like they're trying to do something now. So to me, that that's a decision. You know, do you play for now or the future? You just don't have enough time, in my opinion, to develop guys uh, when you, when you when you've gotten a guy like Tyrod Taylor. I think he's good enough, so you just put the pieces around him and try to win some football games. Anthony, we appreciate the insights. Thanks so much for joining us again today on the NFL on TuneIn. Okay, guys, thanks. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this. The boys of summer are back. And a fly ball well hit. Back to the wall. He leaps. Can't get it. It's a home run. MLB Spring Training is here, and you can catch every game from Florida and Arizona live with your subscription to TuneIn Premium. Rivalry games, split squad games, TuneIn has it all. When the pitch count begins for real, catch every game of the 2018 MLB season from opening day to the MLB World Series live on TuneIn. Major League Baseball is on TuneIn Premium. Listen all season long. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. As we continue on NFL No Huddle, the podcast, let's focus on the silver and black with former Raiders offensive lineman Lincoln Kennedy. Link, always a pleasure. Thanks for taking the time. Jordy Nelson was deemed expendable by the Packers. What do you think he's going to bring to the Raiders this season? Well, you know, it's one of those things where you, you have a serviceable receiver in Jordy Nelson who's had a pretty productive career. Now, over the last couple of years, he's been nagged by, you know, nemesis injury, if you will. But you can still squeeze some stuff out of him. I think he's a classic possession-style receiver that Gruden had when he had Tim, Tim Brown back in the day and would love to be a part of his offense. Now, you've got Amari Cooper, who's capable of stretching the field, but you've got a guy, a good, solid receiver who knows how to use his body in Jordy Nelson to open up another uh, avenue for uh, Derek Carter closer. When you think about what John Gruden brings to the table in a sense of what he wants to do, does he fit the overall scheme? Because I thought vertically was the game that most of the time you end up seeing, especially in even the West Coast-style offense. But what we saw out in Green Bay when it came to Aaron Rodgers, everything was more ad-libbed when you actually end up seeing Jordy Nelson and Aaron Rodgers connecting. How does this work between he and Derek Carr? I think what Gruden's trying to create, and he, he did it his first year with Rich Gannon, is he gave Gannon options as a way to get rid of the ball quickly, not have to hold on to it, much like Andy Reid did when he had uh, back in back in Philadelphia, you know, in the early days uh, with Donovan McNabb. I think that's what's going to happen. I, I, I look, Derek Carr can certainly stretch the field with his long arm, but last year's, you know, the the, the route distribution, the route tree that the Raiders were using was was really unimaginative and, and pure basic. Even if you get back to just the, the simplest routes. Having a possession receiver who's capable of running across the middle of the field, opening up things, and maybe even stretching it when you have you know on the same side gives you another option that they didn't necessarily have with Crabtree, um, but more importantly, without the attitude. Chatting with Lincoln Kennedy from the Raiders Radio Network. Link, let's focus on the backfield. What does the addition of Doug Martin to the Raiders mean now for Marshawn Lynch? Well, I, I think it gives. If, if you remember back again, I'm referring back to the history of what, what he did before. I'm thinking that it's going to give him that one-two punch like he had with Tyrone Wheatley and Napoleon Kaufman. Now, the reason why I say this, that whole thunder and lightning type of uh, appeal, you want a back who's capable of running between the tackles, but, and, and you really don't have that other than Marshawn Lynch prior to adding Doug Martin to the roster. And now the thing is, is that if you have any issues with you know, personality, of, let's say you know, something happens and he gets suspended, Marshawn Lynch gets suspended again, then you're not, you're, your running game doesn't really fall off. The Raiders also signed a fullback. Uh, from Dallas. I don't have my notes right in front of me right now, but they signed a fullback recently, um, which gives him that short yardage uh, in between power running game type of appeal as well. 
Defensively, most importantly, when it comes to free agency, Sheldon Richardson, who we've known, who's applied a tremendous amount of pressure on quarterbacks over the last uh, three years, being able to apply 43 pressures, and also Navarro Bowman. How do they handle these two players moving forward to make sure they can try to shore up the inside of that defense? I think they're going to still add more depth. I know they they signed a linebacker. Uh, Again, I'm sorry I'm I'm sort of unprepared for this interview because I don't have my notes right in front of me, but um, they did sign another linebacker, and they're probably going to draft a linebacker um, in the draft somewhere, whether it be the first or second pick. Um, I I think what they're trying to create depth at the position. Navarro Bowman was definitely a well uh, well needed addition to the defense last year. His leadership, his ability, even though he's a little bit on the other side of the of uh, uh, age-wise and, and performance-wise, it still came in big. And now they got to create depth because they've a linebacker core that's capable of getting after it, and I think that's what they're trying to build. Lincoln, understandably, we've been talking a lot of dollars and cents this week with the mega deal Kirk Cousins got from Minnesota. When Khalil Mack gets paid, do you think it's going to be record-setting for a defensive player? Here's what's going to happen. You're seeing a slow change, guys. Players are demanding guaranteed contracts. The only way that's going to happen in the National Football League, they're all going to be two, three-year contracts. Now, and they're also talking about stability. The reason why the owners fought so hard on guaranteed contracts, they didn't want to come up to long-term contracts, full of guaranteed money like they did with Albert Haysworth and all these other guys that they were committed to and hurt the salary cap long down the line. They're going to have to take shorter contracts, have a nice chunk of change, like you saw with Kirk Cousins. Three years is probably the most. So Khalil Mack is going to be one of those guys that's got to decide. Does he want Von Miller type of money? If so, how, how, how quickly can he get it? And I was always of the mindset, especially when I played, the more time you got at the contract table, the more money you could take up front. Things are a little bit different these days. Um, salary caps don't really – I mean, salary bonus, signing bonuses don't really come into play like they did. But the, the, the truth is, is that if you want to take a shorter contract with more money guaranteed, that's probably going to be your best bet. I think you're slowly starting to see more guys want to do that. What happens to the stability of the teams? Because when you go back to the times in which you and I were still in college and having a chance to come out, which was the early to the mid-90s, you saw teams like the 49ers, you saw teams like the Dallas Cowboys, even the team there with the Oakland Raiders. Guys at one point in time were around each other for over five years minimum. I mean, it was up to maybe eight to ten years, and you had chances to see championships. But, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. So if you get short-term deals with guaranteed money, what does that mean for these franchises when it comes down to keeping teams around to be able to make those types of runs and win the championships? Well, aside from the New England Patriots, dynasties are dead. It's yeah. just a simple way. And on top of that, you've got to understand you have to maximize your window. You've got a four-year window. You put a good team together, it'll be with young guys, um, uh, whatever. You've got a four-year window to put it together. Look at the Seattle Seahawks. Their window's now closing. So they can rebound, but they have to retool that defense. And they're not going to be the same as they once were. But that's what you do. But in that window, look at what Seattle did. Played in a couple Super Bowls. Actually got a good Super Bowl. I think most teams would give up that, and that's what's going to have to happen because you can't commit everyone to 10, you know, seven-year deals or whatever it is, um, five, seven-year deals for a lot of money, especially when everybody wants to guarantee um, you're going to have to go shorter contracts. Link, we know you're in Vegas. We'll let you get back to the madness of the NCAA tournament. Thanks so much for your willingness to join us the last two years here on the NFL on TuneIn. Always a pleasure, guys. You guys be well, Cordell. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. We'll be right back after this. TuneIn has what you need and when you want it when on the run and on the go. Covering all musical needs. Today's hits. Latin hits. Country roads. 
hip hop beat. Sit down. Sit down. Supporting artists and the music they make exclusively on TuneIn. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. As we close out NFL No Huddle, the podcast, let's take you round the league with Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety. Nick, always a pleasure. Final edition of the program, so we are playing the hits for the final time on this outstanding show. Tell me if you believe Case Keenum can virtually duplicate what he did last year. Was last season in Minnesota an aberration or perhaps an indication that he has transformed his career and he can jumpstart the Denver offense? For me, uh, gentlemen, thanks for having me on. Uh, When I look at Case Keenum, he's definitely shown over the years that he's gotten better as a quarterback. And I don't look at last season as an aberration. I look at it as a situation where both quarterback and offensive coordinator was on the same page. So now it's up to Bill Musgrave to now try to duplicate what Pat Sherman was able to do with the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, you look at the fact of the the, the bevy of weapons that Case Keenum now walks into with the Denver Broncos organization, and Emmanuel Sanders and Damaris Thomas, two wide receivers coming into this season, feel as though they've been overlooked. In the discussion, when you talk about great wide receivers in this league, because they had a Trevor Simeon, because they had Brock Osweiler and Paxton Lynch, and it was a revolving door of quarterbacks, they felt as though they didn't really get a chance to show the league what they can do collectively as a tandem. But now Case Keenum is in the building. They would definitely get that opportunity. And they do have a ground game with Devontae Booker and C.J. Anderson. So, you know, while a lot of individuals are not high on Case Keenum, they were waiting for the other shoe to drop. And even Coach Zimmer himself really wasn't high on Case Keenum. He's in the right place with the Denver Broncos for the right price. Now they can go out and shore up that defense and go get a couple more weapons for Case Keenum to be successful this season. I know some, Nick, are, are banking on them grabbing a quarterback at the fifth spot, but if they've given him $25 million bucks guaranteed, to me, which is the equivalent of a franchise tag for quarterbacks, uh, guaranteed money of the 36 that they're giving him over two years, you know, you wonder if there is a back sitting there, whether it's a Nick Chubbs, or I don't think Saquon Barkley may be there. Do you think you see this team maybe because CJ Anderson, he's getting a little he's getting a little bigger. He's not he's not as lean as he once was. But they may not actually grab a quarterback. They may grab an offensive lineman to help shore up Case Keenum and what he's capable of doing. And most importantly, I think for these receivers that you just mentioned, he throws a nice football. Playing a former, being a former receiver in my first year in the National Football League, when a quarterback can throw a nice football, I don't care how bad your routes are, it really makes life much easier. And I think over the past couple of years, they struggled with having a quarterback that they can that can get the ball to them. One thing they can do, or Cordell, is they they do have some options now that they've signed uh, Case Keenum. I know there's been a lot of talk about Baker Mayfield. They went to his workout before. Uh, going back to Denver to just kind of present uh, and be there with uh, Case Keenum. So to me, that could be a lot of fluff. That can have a lot of teams that were looking at, you know, uh, Baker Mayfield saying, well, listen, if the Broncos are willing to take him at five, maybe we need to move up. So now the Broncos are just kind of tossing that out there to see if uh, individuals are going to bite. And you're right. C.J. Anderson, you know, he's had some injury uh, difficulties over his career. He's not that kind of uh, slashing back that you want. So uh, the Denver Broncos needing, you know, maybe adding running back help with a guy named out of UGA, Sony Michelle, or they can stay with UGA and get Isaiah Wynn, the offensive 
offensive tackle. That would definitely uh, shore up that offensive line and help Case Keenan because we saw last season it didn't make a difference who was back there uh, taking snaps for the Broncos. Uh, that quarterback was at the mercy of that, that pass rush. So the Broncos have a lot of options now that they signed Case Keenum. They don't necessarily have to go out and get a quarterback. They have Chad Kelly and Paxton Lynch. You develop those two guys and let Paxton Lynch develop under Case Keenum, now you have an opportunity to go out once again and grab some other pieces and make that team more competitive. Taking you around the league with Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety. Let's focus on another one of your former teams, the Jets. I like the pickup of Teddy Bridgewater. It's low risk financially as Gang Green wants to find out he's fully healthy coming back from the devastating knee injury. Nick, who's the starter week one? The veteran Josh McCown, are you riding with Teddy B? Now, I'm going to ride with Josh. Last year, Josh did a a great job in spot duty until he got injured. And even when he was injured, you know, he was there on the sideline rooting his uh, teammates on, trying to get them uh, going. And you can say almost in in kind of a a coaching type of uh, way, something he's probably going to do after he finished playing. But, yeah, you got to go with Josh McCown. He is the veteran, and Teddy has a certain skill set, but he's coming off an injury. We know what he's like when he's healthy. So now – the Jets are in a great position themselves. They don't really have to go out and get a quarterback in the draft. They can if they if they want to. But you got two proven quarterbacks that can that can get it done. Now that's not to say that either one of these quarterbacks are going to put up Drew Brees type numbers. But you you know that these two guys are very reliable. They're not going to turn the ball over. And all it is right now for Todd Bowles and Mike McCagney is surrounding them with some players, some playmakers. I mean, this team. Uh, definitely has a great young defense. Even, you know, you look at the statistics on both sides of the ball, they rounded at the bottom uh, in, in all types of categories, but they're now putting some pieces together. They have some money. So, to me, I, I like the pickups. I like the signing of Josh McCall. Uh, you know, Tremaine Johnson adding him and Maurice Claiborne. That, now that gives them some options where they can go out in the draft and maybe, you know, get a wide receiver, get another offensive line, and get another uh, linebacker for the second level of that defense. So, I like what they're doing so far with Gang Green. Nick, if you look at this Detroit Lions team within that division, because I know there's going to be the conversation of this team in the Minnesota Vikings with now with Kirk Cousins as opposed to Case Keenum. is It's a team to beat, not just in the division, but maybe even in the NFC. Uh, but when you look at how Detroit played them last year, and, and I'm going to coach Matt Patricia, who's now the head coach, who we know was a defensive guru there in New England. You had this Detroit team that went on Vikings team, this Detroit Lion team went on the road to play against the Vikings and beat them 14-17 and lost to them at home 30-23. to Give me your take with Matthew Stafford playing the way he's been playing since he's gotten in the National Football League. How much better would this football team get from a head coaching standpoint and, and, and just trying to buy into, let's just say, the, the Patriots way and compare that to what's going to take place with the Minnesota Vikings adding Kirk Cousins? Well, considering the fact that you now have uh, the person, two individuals who spent time with the Patriots organization, now just trying to run things and right the ship in Detroit, they, there's a lot of possibilities. But here's what you got to take a look at. Matthew Savage, as great as he's been as a you know, payday to show that. The problem is no balance. When you know he's going to throw the ball, there's certain ways you can defend him, and that's going to happen now. You're going to see with a lot of teams, especially in the division, but they need to go out and get someone who can at least give them 75 yards on the ground. If they can do that, now we're not just talking about, you know, an aberration. I know the B-Web likes to toss that word out. 
Anomaly, Nick. Use anomaly, uh, too. It's a big anomaly. word Friday. Okay, uh, now, correction. Anomaly. The fact that beating the Vikings last year, but you want to beat a team twice in one season to win the division. So you need balance at the running back position. So you know Matt Patricia is going to go out and he's going to try to find ways to shore up that defense. Ziggy Ansar, there were several teams that wanted Ziggy Ansar, but they found a way to keep him in the building. Patricia understands defense. It didn't look like it in the Super Bowl when the Patriots were playing uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, but he understands defense. He understands what he needs to do to be successful and to help, help his quarterback, Matthew Stafford, be successful. So now go out and get some pieces on defense. But more importantly, go in this draft. There's, a, there's, a, there's several talented running backs that are not named Saquon Barkley that he can go out and give – to Matthew Stafford so he can give him a little balance as a quarterback. He's loquacious. He's our good friend, Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety. Let me take it to Arizona. Sam Bradford, when healthy, has been efficient, but you know the pushback. He's always hurt. The combination of Sam Bradford and Mike Lennon, is that the best Arizona could do under center? Well, well apparently uh, that's what they thought. Uh, that When I look at the free agent signings, that was the one that had me shaking my head because – you go and you ask Tyron Matthew, who uh, is very versatile. He gives you so much on the defensive side of the ball. You ask him to take a pay cut so you can go sign Sam Bradford and Mike Glennon. What is that sending type of message you're sending to your organization? But more important, what is it sending type of message you're sending to a guy like Larry Fitzgerald, who was kind of a couple footsteps away from retiring? These are the two guys. So I go from Carson Palmer to Blaine Gabbard to Sam Bradford and Mike Glennon, this is not a winning recipe, gentlemen, when you look at what the other teams within that division are doing. Seattle's trying to clean house and get uh, become more young and explosive. The Rams have retooled. They've added Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib. And then you look at what John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, what they're doing in San Francisco. So to me, it's like, is this organization setting themselves up for failure, that's what it definitely looks like when you go in a direction and grab those two guys at quarterback. Marcus Peters, as well as Aqib Tlaib, who you mentioned, how good is this football team now offensively? Led the league when it came to scoring points per game. Defensively, one of the most complex, considering Wade Phillips and what he loves to do as far as trickery is concerned. But there's no trick in the game now. You have arguably two of the most solid corners, especially Marcus Peters, uh, away from having a chance to get back into the postseason and scare some football teams. Yeah, it's a very talented, you know, duo at the cornerback position, very volatile at the same time. So it's going to be interesting to see how Wade kind of finds that, that right mix to kind of keep these guys, you know, corralled and on the right track. But if he can do that, now you're talking about having two bookend corners where you can shut down teams on the outside. And I, I've said it before in the program, Aaron Donald could now eat. Now you can get at the quarterback's throat because that quarterback is going to stand there. He's going to pat his hand, one 1,000, two 1,000. And knowing as though those windows are going to be really tight, it's going to make it really difficult. So I like what the Rams uh, were definitely doing because now they create their own matchup problems. Instead of allowing the offense to dictate the pace to the defense, now they can dictate to you where you can go with the ball. And it's going to be fun to watch those two guys get after this season. Nick has mentioned historic program, the last edition of NFL No Huddle. Our sincere thanks for your availability, filling in for Cordell, all the great work and time you put into this program. I'm sure we'll be chatting with you in the not-too-distant future. Have a great weekend. All right, well, thanks, guys, for always having me on. Love you, too. 
Thank you for listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast on iTunes with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Listen live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern by downloading the TuneIn app and searching NFL No Huddle. The National Football League is on. Tune in your everything audio app.